This episode contains spoilers. Please listen responsibly. Hello everyone, my name is Jason Ramirez and welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of the Hit List Podcast. A podcast where me and a guest cross off films from our watch list by watching them. I'm joined today by junior publicist and Twitch affiliate Tabitha, also known as Sailor Tabby Cat. Tabitha is a gamer and a cosplayer. She's very fun to watch on live streams. And I'm very excited she's here with, here with us today. Welcome Tabitha, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, I appreciate it. So... Uh, Tabitha is a, um, not my usual type of guest. We have a lot of movie busts on this podcast, and lately I've, been, I've had some editors from the industry here. Tabitha, can you tell me why you're not, not my typical guest? Um, yeah, because I don't, I don't really watch movies that often to the point where I get made fun of relentlessly for never having seen, like, say, The Matrix, for example. <laughs> I've still never seen it. <laughs> and I just very recently, like this year recently, watched The Princess Bride for the first time. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of that? Uh, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't think it was as good. Everyone told me it was going to be phenomenal. And I was like, this is fine, <laughs> I guess. Okay. Okay. Well, have you re- did you read the book for high school? No. I didn't even know there was a book. <laughs> Really? Okay, so really? the book, we had to read the book in my high school class, my English class, mm-hmm. and the author of the book also wrote the screenplay for the movie, and they were very different, and our teacher told us to not watch the movie before reading the book, because they're very different in terms of, like, how the plot goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked it because I really liked the book, and when I watched the movie, it was very different from what I thought it was going to be, but I still liked it. Um I hope you give it another chance, though, because it's one of my favorite movies. I have the same opinion on The Count of Monte Cristo, though. I love the book and the movie, but they're very different from each other. Okay, so I hate this, but I've never seen or read either. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I usually ask this question. I'm not sure how it's going to be with you. Mm. Um, I always ask, what are your streaming viewing habits? Whenever you watch a movie, do you choose something new or do you stick to your favorites? But when do you watch movies? I don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just don't. I, whenever I'm with friends, uh, we actually, uh, my friend, um, the very tall girl with the tattoos that I talk about on my stream a lot, um, Janelle is upset at the amount of movies I have not watched. So we have a list going of movies that I have to watch with her at some point. Um, and the only way I agreed to that is I've had to make her watch My Big Fat Greek Wedding because I actually really love that movie. I think it's funny. But I watch movies that I know I like already because I have this thing where I don't like spending time on something if I don't know I'm going to enjoy it, which mm. is like a, it's like a time investment with movies. It's like two hours <laughs> of your life. And what happens if you hate it? Yeah, I feel the same way. I have a I have HBO Max, right? And I love HBO Max mm-hmm. because it has a ton of it's a it's a huge library of like older films from like the 70s mm-hmm. 80s like a lot of classical films so it's not like netflix in terms of like they keep creating new content i want the old right. library okay and mm-hmm. there's a ton of stuff i have on my list that like oh i never got to see that i'm gonna put that on my list and so it's kind of like counterintuitive that i have this podcast to watch all the movies on my list but i keep adding more movies to the list and not watching it because it, they are two hour investments in my time mm-hmm if it's animated, though, I probably have seen it. I love an- I love um, like animation, that kind of medium. I mm-hmm. love love those movies. Tangled is one of my favorite movies. 
How to Train Your Dragon yeah. is my second favorite movie. I love those movies, the How to Train Your Dragon ones. I haven't seen Tangled in a long time, but a lot of people like it, so I might have to see it again. I recommend. That's my movie for you. <laughs> so we're doing something different with this episode. We only watched one movie for this episode. We will be discussing The Exorcist, directed by William Friedkin and produced and written for the screen by William Peter Blatty, based on the 1971 novel of the same name by Blatty. The film stars Ellen Burstein, uh, Max von Sydow. Oh, no. <laughs> Max von Sydow, <laughs> uh, Lee J. Cobb, Kitty Wynn, Jack um, McGowan. McGowan? Oh, dear. English is definitely my first language. In his uh, final film role, Jason Miller and Linda Blair, uh, it is the first installment in the Exorcist film series and follows the demonic possession of a 12-year-old girl, Reagan, and her mother's attempt to rescue her through an exorcism conducted by two Roman Catholic priests. This movie was on Jason's list. Why was this movie on your list? So this has been a common theme throughout this season. It's because it's referenced everywhere I see movies. The most the most recent one I could think of, well, not recent Shark in terms Exorcist. of like, what was that? Shark Exorcist. No, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, can, can you get me hip? Uh, it's the, uh. He's exercising a demon shark. I don't know what I expected, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but there's very uh, little shark content in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I wasn't thinking of a shark exorcist. In fact, you just enlightened me into the existence of such a thing. But I was thinking of <laughs> I was thinking of the the episode of the Boondocks where oh. Do you remember that one episode where What's his name? The, the old blind man. He possesses one of the characters. Yeah. And he has to like tie him down to the, onto the bed. And one of them tells mm -hmm. him to read. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of at the moment. Because it's like directly from the exorcist. Yeah. It's like lifted straight from it. Yeah. It's like referenced in a lot of places. And like that poster, if you see... Of like that Prius that's in this in the in the light mm -hmm. that's also referenced in a lot of things. I tried to do that with one of my short films, didn't work out too well, but uh, <laughs> it's 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 heavily influenced in a lot of movies to this day. So that's why oh, it's yeah. on my list. Yeah, I the power of Christ compels us constantly, incessantly, <laughs> forever now. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of it? I have thoughts. So I understand for the time that it was released that it was probably very very scary but by the time i've watched it in 2021 for the first time after you know hearing like reviews of it being at the time like the scariest movie ever made um and such i didn't share that same opinion <laughs> it was very good it was very good but i've seen some uh, i've seen some pretty fucking scary movies not by choice yeah. but i have <laughs> um, and I was just, I wish my expectations had been a little bit more tempered because I, I didn't expect what well, I, I think I looked at the timestamp as well. Cause I was getting really confused. Spooky shit doesn't happen until like 40 minutes into the movie. We spend like 10 <laughs> minutes in Northern, uh, Iraq. Yep. Excavating. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Just walking around in Northern Iraq, like setting up Marin. Which I, I mean, we know who he was later in the movie, but I was like, oh, okay. So I guess my thought process was at first, oh, they're unearthing, you know, spooky shit. <laughs> they're, they're unearthing spooky demon shit. 
Um, that's what I thought And they're too. messing, yeah, and like they're messing with things that they don't need to be messing with. And then he's gonna like whatever these items that he found, he brings them back with him. It somehow like you know comes in contact with the girl, and like that's how the possession started. No. <laughs> that's not it like at all we just spent like 10 minutes in Iraq for no reason almost she got like she she got infected with the ghosties because she was fucking around with an Ouija board um <laughs> have you seen the mummy the one with Brendan Fraser yeah of course did you get those with, vibes with as well? a special guest star uh George of the Jungle um a little <laughs> I got those vibes as well because I was thinking like the book of the dead that they like unearth and then you know yeah. the mummy resurrects and no it, it just didn't happen at all so I was like what was the point of that like scene I read later that it was just like an omen as to what was gonna come I'm like oh that's yeah, it okay <laughs> but a 10 minute omen a full-on 10-minute omen of them just walking around in the desert? Okay. It was beautifully shot. I will give them that. Oh, like it was the, gorgeous. The, the blocking was excellent. Yeah. And, like, this, the sunrise or sunset, whatever it was, looked amazing. And I was like, how did mm -hmm. you guys get that? Because, like, when I point my camera to the sun, it just doesn't, it just, yeah. it's too bright. I wonder if it has to do with one of the cameras being, like, $200,000. <laughs> I think that might have, uh, might have factored into it. It might have been some part to play. Do you think that the the demon, because we never find out its name. I thought its name was Marin, and it's like, no, he just knows Marin. Um, was, do you think it was the same one that he was having visions of in, in Iraq? Like, do you think it's the same one, or do you think it just symbolically, it's just, that's just kind of what it was? I think its name was Pazazu or something. A yeah. fictional demon. They made Pazuzu! Pazuzu, oh, okay. <laughs> Pazuzu, yeah, because Pazuzu for the win is my favorite I Wrestled a Bear once song. Continue. Yeah, Pazuzu, yep, you're right. Um, I don't know. I really don't. I, there's a lot of things I don't know structurally about the film. Mm -hmm. I just know that like the, the face of Pazuzu went uncredited when um, Father Karras had that dream, if you remember. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe, I don't, that's my answer. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah my thoughts on the film I, I also really liked it and i think it's a great study on like camera movement and character study uh, we were just mm -hmm. talking before we started it's a great character study because father karis and what's her name what was the actress's name no it's um, not reagan reagan's mother reagan's mom the actress the actress okay yeah the woman who played the actress and father karis they were great characters i also learned that it took them a long time to even cast them they considered so many people for those roles mm -hmm. but i think they did a good job with those two people oh yeah because it's just like i just felt it i just felt their emotions like it felt real you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially the i'm gonna look her up her name actually Mc mccain m i think the last name is mcneil i think McNeil. chris 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 yeah it was chris I felt their pain, you know? It was just like, she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. I, I think um, Reagan, I remember thinking this at first because I'm kind of nitpicky when it comes to child, like, actors and actresses and stuff. Like, you can tell that they don't quite have their chops yet, like, at maybe age 11 a lot of the time. Right. Um, <laughs> right. So I thought at the beginning, okay, like, it's this is like a, this is a child actor. I'm just going to have to, like, you know, suspend any kind of nitpicky that I have about it's just a child actor. She got really good when she was possessed. I don't know if like they directed her to do that. I don't know if they were like, you just, 
maybe hold it in a little bit when you're a human, but like really let it go when you become possessed. Cause I was super impressed whenever, um, she was, she was, um, being possessed. I can't think of a different way to phrase it now. But yeah, like I was super impressed with that acting, like way more impressed than when she was just speaking normally. Right. Definitely. That was like creepy to see. Cause like I, I knew it was coming eventually. Mm -hmm. I didn't know she was actually 12 at the time as well. She was around that age as well. Mm -hmm. And I thought like, I always thought like it was always like an older actress who eventually played younger, which what they want, they kind of like, were trying to figure out how they're going to do that eventually for when they were making a film. But no, like when the director met the actress, he was like, oh, she's just like a normal 12-year-old girl and she can do this. I was like, mm -hmm. very impressive, very impressive. And I think we've, I think we've both seen enough films where like the child actors, like you said, don't have their chops. I unfortunately have seen too many because I have cousins who are still kids and he watched all those kids shows. And Yeah, Hannah Montana didn't age well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about like most recent um, stuff like Kid Danger. I'm not sure if you know. It's like a Nickelodeon. I've, yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. There's this one character. She's a little girl. She's like the little sister, I think. And all mm -hmm. she does is yell. Oh, good. That's her character. She just yells. It's great. The little kid that my sister watches over, he always watches that show. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> just leave it on. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's the same kind of deal with like, um, remember back when um, Minecraft YouTubers like blew up? <laughs> Yeah. And it was just like 14 minutes of them screaming. <laughs> it's, what, it's what the kids want. <laughs> it's what they want. We had to give them what they want. They gave us the money. It, you know? I know. I was like, it's just money. Yeah. <laughs> what was your other thoughts about the movie? When she became the demon, did you laugh? <laughs> I did. I thought, so that's another thing. It obviously wasn't her speaking. She was, you know miming and then they dubbed her over but i still thought she was great at the miming i thought it was really funny after <laughs> like karis like kind of came to terms with the fact that yeah this is this is a demon it's it's not just her having like a mental breakdown oh sidebar i will say something that did freak me out about the movie i don't like needles like at all i have a very intense uh, phobia of syringes there were a lot of fucking needles in this movie yes <laughs> oh man i was not expecting that much i mean i guess if like they're trying to you know, work out medically what she's got going on. Like there, that stuff that would happen. Was I expecting like that whole like weird, like neck insertion, like thing? No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't mentally prepared for that. I had to turn my laptop around. Cause I was like, nope, nope, not about that. This is the scariest part of the movie. I now understand why people were freaking out in 1970. But after Karis came to terms with the fact that this isn't medical, this is um, religious. When he's in the room talking to the demon, just having that really casual conversation, like when he's trying to like get proof for the church so they can sanction an exorcism, whenever the demon's just like, loosen my restraints. And he's like, no, no, loosen my restraints. No. Opens the drawer. Was that you? Yeah. Do it again. No. <laughs> like that scene, I was like, this is great. <laughs> I love this. Just, this you like um talking about it just reminded me of, like that one meme that people see like hey ghost it's me your boy <laughs> <laughs> hey demons it's me your boy so also fun fact for everyone listening um i have on a ouija board i have a sailor moon one which i think is why no ghosts want to hang out with me they don't want to um be contacted via a sailor moon ouija board i think they might um have some pride issues with that 
But I get ghosts to try and hang out with me all the time, and they don't. So seeing that oh. funny conversation, I was like, see, this is, this is what I want. <laughs> Not the rest of it, but this. Just fun, casual conversation. <laughs> I thought that was funny. It, it was a very funny movie. I think that was kind of like meant to be funny in a way. Because mm-hmm. like, he's just like, ah, yeah, she, she, there's no demon. She, she just has uh, a mental illness. Like, oh, this is some demon shit right here. Okay. Yeah. Her mental illness has spun her head around. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, I don't know if she was related to owls, but okay. That's fine. Mm. But for the, I don't know how it's pronounced, but because it's not practice anymore. The needle in the neck thing, I think it's called a- angiography. Yeah. So even at the time, that was around the time they stopped doing that, you know? Good. I don't fully understand what it did, if I'm totally honest. Like, I, I don't I don't know what they were doing. Also, I turned my computer around, so I didn't watch what they were doing after I right. figured out. That, but what, what was that supposed to do? Like, wouldn't they do x-rays for lesions in her brain? Like, what? I think what it was supposed to do, and again, I'm not a scientist. I don't know this old science either. What they're trying to do is see, like, once the blood was leaving her, they were like scanning her brain as well. Like, what was what would be the one the part of the brain that lost the most blood? Oh, that's so strange. I'm not sure that's exactly what it was like, but that's like it was basically like just scans of her brain as well. So they could have just done like an X-ray, like MCAT machines. I don't know if they had that back then, but you know. We we need to. Oh my god, that reasoning is so strange. We need to bleed her out really quickly to see which area. <laughs> what? Again, I'm not too That's sure because awful. like I, I was I wasn't sure as to like what it was supposed to signify either. So I may be wrong. Um but if someone wants to correct me and like <laughs> say, Hey Jason, you were wrong and I'd be like, It's not the first time. It's not the first time. <laughs> and it won't be the last. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so medical professionals have like described the scene as like the most realistic de- depiction of the procedure too. Ugh. And it was used as like training um for radiologists as well. I'm like, ooh, like, but it's also been criticized because it's kind of like people have said this and I agree with this as well. It's the most needless scene in the movie. Yeah, I didn't need to see it. They're already skinning her brain anyway. I think they were, I think they were, I think they're trying to make people uncomfortable. I'll be super honest. I think it was, (laughs) this is a horror movie and what can we do that makes sense within the context of the film to continue making people. Also, I think it's, I think it was, um. I think it helped also illustrate how much uh, trauma both um, Chris and Reagan were going through. Like, it wasn't just her, like, having to deal with uh, a monster inside of her. It was also, like, all the awful medical bullshit that she had to go through as well. I I don't know if I would say needless, because I think it did a really good job making you feel really fucking bad for that family. But I will say that I did not need to see it. It could have have been off screen. We could have just heard her like groaning and being like upset off screen. (laughs) Didn't need to see it. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a fair point to say. What did you think of the exorcism? I thought it was... So I can, you know, honestly say I have never... uh, bear witness to like an actual exorcism so i don't really have a great frame of reference but it (laughs) seems it seems like it was pretty accurate as to how exorcisms are held i think i've read that as well like for people who had been like part of exorcisms in the past I've, i've read that it was um fairly accurate like it's not as bombastic as movies these days like to try and show it as besides you know she's literally floating off the bed but you know movie but like the act of like the priests doing the exorcism 
I would imagine that's what it is. It's just two, I mean, in this scene, it's just a bunch of tired people saying the same thing over and over. Because I think at one point, how long did they say the power of Christ compels you? They said it for like two minutes straight, right? Yeah. Like it was long. Around there. And it's, I think it was, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was well shot. I thought that the reaction that um, Keres had was pretty accurate. If you this is what you're watching happen in front of you and your dead mother's voice is coming out of a very sick girl. I think them, like, I think Marin being like, okay, we're going to take a break and then we're coming back. Like, it wasn't this, like, big show of, like, um, like what was it, The Conjuring? Which one did they have, like, a really big exorcism in it in, like, that universe where it was, like, this whole big scene and, like, it was one of them. It might have been The Conjuring or The Conjuring too. I think they both had it. Yeah, but, like... Yeah, and like they had like the music musical score spiked and everything, and it was oh very dramatic and all of that. That wasn't here. It was just this is probably what an exorcism that happens in real life (air quotations) looks like. Right. So I liked that. I also okay. So I have not seen Wandavision yet, but I do know of the line. Right. <laughs> I, I know. I, I know of uh, love preserving grief. I, I I know of it. Right. I also know that it was like uh, on Twitter that a lot of like writers were kicking themselves for not having written that line, like how excellent of a line it was. I would contend that your mother sucks cock in hell is better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was that's, that's a great line. It's a great line. I didn't expect it. Uh, as far as the WandaVision one. I have my own um, version of it. I said last night in your stream, mm -hmm. what is fascism if not capitalism persevering? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh. I, I do. Yeah. Your mother sucks yeah. cock in hell. I was like, oh, does she? <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really funny when he started beating her, like punching her because he Oh my God. Yeah, that's right too. <laughs> Like you're being a child, I man. I forgot. He just like starts kicking the shit out of her. And I was like, "You? Is she still 12? <laughs> what are you doing? And then like the cop is downstairs. He like just came in and I was like, oh my God, is he going to walk in on him just kicking the shit out of a child? Is that where this is going to go? That reminds me, I think it, it was in also in the Boondocks episode. They just start whipping him with the belts. Oh, the, yeah. the possessed guy. <laughs> And I, I think I just remembered the, they, there was an old Saturday Night Live um, sketch based off like the last exorcist with Eddie Murphy in there. Uh, and it's two black um, Prius trying to like exercise the demon out of her. Mm -hmm. And then they just like, um, like they had to hold each other back because she says like some um, unsavory things about their families or whatever. Like, oh, you know what? I, I, I mean, it's, it'd be pretty hard for me to hold back. Like, have you, have you met 12 year olds nowadays? Like, I'm not sure it's yeah. nowadays, but like in general. They're rude, okay? My cousin... I've been 12 before, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My cousin, he's he's not even 12. I think he's... Yeah, he's 10. He's turning 11. I think... No, he's turning 11. Just, okay. Time moves so forward fast. with or without our consent, Jason. <laughs> yep. It, it happens. It happens. Um, my cousin, he loves to annoy me because I keep recommending them to watch Avatar The Last Airbender and they don't know yeah, what it is. Yeah, they haven't? No. Oh my god. Oh no, that's right. We're old. Oh no. There are kids that don't know about Avatar. No, but here's the thing. They go even worse because they saw the movie before they saw oh. the show. And then like they know it annoys us when they say, Oh yeah, I love that movie. I'm like, oh, no. You're a disgrace. Movie doesn't exist. 
Mm-mm. You're a disgrace. There is no movie. <laughs> there is no movie at all. There is There's no, movie. no Avatar. Don't know what you're movie. talking about. <laughs> but yeah, what I usually do is just like I just say like, oh, what's, what what game are you playing? Is that uh, Fortcraft or whatever? Is that Mime Night? Yeah. What? <laughs> Fork like, knife. It's Fortnite. It's Fortnite. <laughs> Fork knife. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, what was I? I was gonna say something. I forgot. What I was gonna say. I, I talked a lot. Um, beating the kids. Beating the kid. Okay. It's hard to hold back. <laughs> it's a demon talking about your mother who just died. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna, gonna say something controversial yet brave. It's hard to hold back because they're 12. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then the next, like the immediate next thing that happened. So I liked it as a character. I liked, you know, the progression of seeing Reagan. Like, I'm glad she was okay in the end as well. I like the part where they like add um the fact that he's like an actual doctor into it as well Keras, when he's like mm-hmm. um checking her vitals and they make a point to be like her heart's like giving out like her her body cannot take this for much longer it's not that she's like just looking progressively more awful like she like she, her body can literally not take this for much longer i like that they you know addressed that like because it's kind of just we see her body like i guess rotting for a little while and usually movies don't really you know it's kind of just like the the visual like oh look at look at this demon kind of thing it doesn't like also lean into like we're running out of time like we we don't have endless amounts of time here like she's got organs <laughs> they're stop they're not working very well anymore <laughs> so i like that i thought that was a nice thing to throw in but i do i like the movie as a character study over keras because it's basically his arc of losing his faith and then coming to terms with getting his faith again and then he tosses himself out of a window yeah. And I was like, oh, that's sad. Yeah, I cried when he died. Um, I didn't think I was going to cry, but I was like, I was so sad. I didn't expect it as well. Like, it, it really took me off guard. I guess it was kind of foreshadowed after we've learned that she killed the demon, killed Burke, by tossing him out the window as well. You would think that there would be, like, bars on that window at this point because Chris is like, oh, okay, like, she throws people out of windows now. We, we got to... <laughs> We got to handle that portion. We got to remove that from the equation, like totally. So my, my like nitpicky part of my brain was like, there should be bars on this window. We've already been through this. But I guess Burke getting thrown out was foreshadowing as to um, Karas. Also, his name is Damien. What? (laughs) Isn't that the name of the kid? Um, Karas, his name, his full name is uh, Damien, Damien Karas. Isn't that Rosemary's kid? I don't know. Let me check. Like, yeah. Because I, I think they might have come out around the same time. Like, isn't, like, the son of, like, Satan named Damien or something like that? Because when I heard his full name, I was like, a priest named Damien? Is that foreshadowing something? And then it kind of was, because he got possessed. And then tossed himself out of a window. I didn't like that he lived. I didn't like that he didn't die on impact. Um, I would have preferred that. Yeah. That upset me. That I think that's part of what made me cry, too, because, like, he was still alive when he, like, at the end. Yeah! When his brain got real squishy. Yeah, I didn't uh, like that. And then, like, his priest friend was, like, doing uh, um, Roman Catholic things with um, forgiveness and the last, such. The I last don't know. rites. Last rites, thank you. Um, and, like, him squeezing his hand in acknowledgement that he can hear him. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. No, he could have just been dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Didn't need that. Yeah, I was... I, 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 I'm getting a little teary-eyed because, like, it was like, oh, he was still alive to hear that. He sacrificed himself. But yeah. I, I didn't expect to cry um, from like feeling sad that someone died in the movie. I don't remember the last time that happened. 
Uh, last time I cried watching a movie was... I cry every time I watch Tangled. Um, when was the last movie I watched besides The Exorcist? <laughs> I don't actually remember. I think um, I cry whenever I see... Um, like Not cry, but like teary-eyed, like, he's so brave, um, is um, The Dark Knight when he's leaving, um, escaping the cops because they think that he killed um, Harvey Dent. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, people might think that's stupid. Like, no, he, he sacrificed his name. I mean, it's not a big deal sacrificing your life, but you know what I mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, do you want to hear about the casting of the movie? Oh, no. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> Tell me. Okay, uh, I think you might like this. So, there was a lot of um, things that went into, a lot of decision making behind going into the casting because both the actors who played Father Karras and Chris aren't really well, weren't really well known. Because they want to go with people like um, Audrey Hepburn and I oh. think um, Paul Newman as well. Yeah, it was around that time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They wanted um, Marlon Brando, who's famous for The Godfather. They wanted him for the role of um, Lancaster Marin. But the, oh. uh, the director, he immediately vetoed it because he didn't want it to be a Marlon Brando film. Mm. And also Jack Nicholson was up for the part for Father Karras as well. Really? Yeah. And also this guy named Stacy Keach, who I'm not too familiar with. And also Paul Newman. But the reason Paul why Newman. they went with... What was that? Paul Newman. <laughs> the reason they went with Jason Miller, who eventually plays Father Karras, is um, the director, he saw a performance of his on Broadway, and he talked to him about the movie, and they eventually gave him the book and said, oh, just think about it. Mm. He decided, okay, I'll just read it. And then later on, three A-list actresses, like I said, Audrey Hepburn, um, Anne Bancraft, and... Um, Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda? Yeah, Jane Fonda. They approached her. Uh, I'll tell you, like, her response to it, because I think it's really funny. Uh-huh. But Audrey Hepburn, she she wanted to take the role, but she wanted to be shot in Rome. And they said, no, that's too much money. <laughs> Why would we do that in Italy? So they said, Wait. no. We'll, we'll... <laughs> and Anne Bancroft, she was willing, but asked if the production could be late, delayed nine months because she just got pregnant. But the director didn't said no because I don't think you want to watch this movie after like having a newborn. Oh, well, fair. <laughs> yeah. So then they went with Jane Fonda, and she turned down the film, and she called it, I, I quote, "a piece of capitalist to rip off bullshit." Oh no, Jane! <laughs> you dropped the bag. <laughs> she did. Um, maybe still know her. She has like what are they? The, the VHS like eight minute abs or whatever. She had those, like, fitness uh, videos from the 80s. Oh, my God. Fonda, yeah. please. <laughs> uh, but eventually, Ellen Burstyn, who eventually plays Chris, she approached uh, she approached William Friedkin, who's the director. She said she was destined to play Chris. Eventually, they said, okay, let's do it. Does that work? Now, can I just walk up to, like, a producer and be like, I was destined for this, and then just be like, you are now in the MCU? <laughs> <laughs> So actually, there was actually some backlash as to casting here because the studio head, his name is Ted Ashley, he mm-hmm. really didn't want her in the film. Mm-hmm. He not only not only telling Friedkin that he would do so over his dead body, but dramatizing that opposition by making Friedkin walk over him as he lay on the floor, then grabbing the director's leg and telling him he would come back from the dead if necessary to keep Friedkin from doing so. However, no other alternatives emerged and Ashley relented. That's, um, that sounds like a little bit of like a toxic workplace environment. It does. Um, hmm. Should have stepped on him. Yeah. And eventually, um, Jason Miller eventually mm-hmm. came back to 
William Friedkin after reading the book and said, that guy is me because he also received a Catholic education and was studying to be a Jesuit priest, just like the character in the film. Interesting. He studied for three years at a Catholic, univer Catholic University of America until he experienced a crisis of faith, just like Karis did in the movie. So mm -hmm. yeah, they eventually like said, okay, we'll do it. So that's the short, short, short version because like they liked his, his dark looks, like his dark eyes or whatever and his good looks mm -hmm. and all those all those actors that the de detective asked Karis in the movie those were all the men that were considered for the part <laughs> really well that's fun yeah. at least they still got to be in it yeah <laughs> in name well that's true <laughs> and as far as like reagan like i said before they they weren't sure how they're gonna have a 12 year old girl do this so they auditioned a lot of people for it there were some people who were considered for the role um what's her name denise nickerson she played violet Be beauregard and willy wonka the chocolate factory oh but the material troubled her parents so much so like they didn't let her do it that's fair that's fair yeah, some of those scenes with Reagan, one of the reasons I liked her acting so much was um, some of those scenes that she did were pretty fucking intense. Like the the crucifix one. Oh. Did not, did not expect it. Much like the Spanish Inquisition, I did not expect <laughs> that. And I don't think anyone expected that. Um, but yeah, I remember like, I, I was kind of multitasking at the time. I, I wasn't not watching the movie. I was, but I was also folding laundry. Right. And all of a sudden, like, in my peripheral, I see that. And I was like, what the fuck? And then, like, it wasn't the end of it. And then she, like, grabs her mom's head. And I was like, what is happening? This is awful. And then, like, 20 minutes later, the fucking demon has the nerve to be like, please untie me. <laughs> I try, <laughs> I try to like um, push that part of the movie out of my mind, but like I know it's still there. It's like a very violent scene. Yeah, I think that's what freaked people out in in the theaters as well. Like, oh wow, yeah, okay, it's a very disturbing scene. Yeah, yeah, I, I was not expecting it, and um, it, it wasn't that the what was that? Do you think the um like the point in the movie where like she realized my daughter is possessed by a demon? It might have been. It might have been the point. What was going on before then, shortly before? She was just like, um, she was like flailing about on her bed. Like the bed was shaking, but she wasn't floating or anything. And yeah, I know yeah. she was kind of like, beds just don't do that. But I don't think her next step was uh, possession. Because I think like one of the scenes kind of shortly before it was when the room, when the room of doctors look at the mother, like the ailing mother and go, have you heard of exorcism? <laughs> Like, have you what? Wait, the doctors were the one that recommended this to her? Yeah, that was pretty um pretty weird. Because I thought, like, in most movies, like, you might see, the family will go to the church or to whatever. Yeah! Usually the scientists don't, don't recommend um, exorcism. <laughs> I was like, do what? And even the mom was like, you're telling me to take my daughter to a witch doctor? And then she, you know, fucking jerks it with a crucifix um and then like was was it the scene like does her head turn around in that scene or no it's it's just that no. and she starts moving shit that's what it was she like she starts moving shit around the room yeah um and the wardrobe like almost like squishes her mom i i think at that point is when she was like yeah i am in fact going to go to a uh priest <laughs> i yeah. think they might have been right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do remember the wardrobe almost falling on her and uh, the head spinning around, that was during the exorcism when they were saying... She does it twice. Power of Christ. She does it twice? She does it twice. I've seen... So I, uh, full disclosure, I, I uh, procrastinated just a little bit. I watched the movie a couple hours ago. So it's very fresh <laughs> in my mind. 
But she does it twice in the movie because I thought it only happened once. I don't. So Power of Christ compels you. Her head spins around. She does it again earlier. Mm. I don't remember under what context, but she does do it again earlier with her head just spinning. The, yeah, the head spinning around, the iconic head spinning around and the throwing up on the priest. I do oh, see yeah. those everywhere. Yeah, that was gross. I did expect there to be more puke, honestly, just because of how often they like people talked about it in the movie. Like I thought she was constantly like retching. There were more needles in the movie than there were her <laughs> vomiting. I, I, I noted yeah. that. Speaking of the vomit, so I also want to talk about how I don't like old Hollywood directing. Before I talk about that, Stanley Kubrick was also considered to direct a movie, but he turned it down. Really? Why did he turn yeah. it down? It seems like something he would be into. I don't know why he turned it down, but he turned it down. Drop the bag, Stan. So the writer of the script, who was also the writer of the book, he really wanted William Friedkin because he directed a movie called The French Connection. Mm-hmm. And he wanted the movie to have a similar vibe to The French Connection. Mm. So that he was really fighting for that. And also Stanley Kubrick, he didn't want to do it. So I don't like the whole old Hollywood directing thing. I, I've mentioned this before, where they'll like actually make the actors go through pain to capture the emotion for the film. Yeah. Yeah. What is uh, method acting? Yeah. So but method acting is like fr- from the actor themselves, but like um, method directing, I think that's another way of describing it. Mm-hmm. So like the throw up scene, essentially, he told Karis that he was going to um, aim it at his chest. Oh. But he didn't tell him he's going to do it at his mouth. So that reaction was real. Oh, no. It's like what they did with Alien when they didn't tell anybody about the chest burster scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as far as like Gross. the whole thing where they had her on the bed, they were shaking her around in harnesses. And both um, Blair, the the girl who played um, Reagan, and Burst and uh, Chris... They suffered back injuries and their screams, their painful screams were added into the film. So it was included in the film. And Ellen Burstyn, she injured her back after landing on her coccyx, which is really her, literally her tailbone. Uh, when a stuntman jerked her around using a special effects cable during the scene when Reagan slaps her mother. It didn't cause permanent damage, but she didn't like they used her screaming in pain into the movie. No, that feels very cursed. What? <laughs> I feel like I've been cursed by the movie now. Bad Foley. Or shame on that Foley guy. <laughs> Another example of this is when O'Malley confirmed to Freakin that he trusted him. He's like, I trust you with this scene. And he slapped him hard across the face to generate the reaction for the last right scene. What? Yeah. So that that's like the last right scene where like the friend, the father friend yeah. wants to see him. Slapped him hard across the face for that scene. Actors, man. I... <laughs> no! Don't touch me! <laughs> and... The bedroom, which I think it was kind of cool. They they built that set inside a freezer. Inside a freezer? Oh, okay. So all of that was real. Yeah, all those breasts were real. Wow. I felt bad for Linda, the girl, who, the actress who played um, Reagan, because she was in that thin nightgown. And I was like, yeah, in a freezer, though. In an actual freezer. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I mean, the result was pretty fucking good, but I don't like that they bruised a 12-year-old's coccyx. No, it was the mother. Oh, the mother bruised her coccyx. Well, then that's fine then. (laughs) (laughs) But they both still got hurt. They both got hurt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's particularly that scene where, like he said, I'm going to aim it at your chest. Okay. (sighs) Disgusting. I don't like things that taste bad. (laughs) Like at all. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) that sounds so awful. I would be so angry. I would ruin, I would ruin the filming for the day with my bad attitude. I would be so mad. I would, I would be like, nope, nope, I'm out. 
I'm out. Sorry. Burning, burning the opposite of midnight oil, burning like the afternoon oil. Pay me for the day, but you're not getting anything else out of me. That's so rude. <laughs> yeah. First um, of all, how dare you? Second of all, what gives you the right? It was terrible to like, after hearing that, I'm like, that is disgusting. And I'm not sure if I'm the type of um, person who will like, if that happened to me, I'm not sure if I would automatically leave or I would passive aggressively make things worse for them for the whole day. No, I would leave. <laughs> you would leave? Okay. I would leave. I think I would stay. Sorry. I, I, outing myself as an, an unprofessional actress in uh, in the works, um, I would leave. <laughs> I think it's a valid response, you know? A very valid response. I would make things worse for them. Like, the power of Christ compels you! <laughs> you know, just make everything really bad. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? Hmm. I think... I would probably, so that's another thing. I typically don't rewatch movies unless like I really, really love them. I probably wouldn't rewatch this unless it was with a friend of mine. Um, like one of my friends, she streams as well, Lil Batty. She's like a horror connoisseur. Um, she loves The Exorcist. She has a shirt that says your mother sucks cock in hell. Um, <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but I would probably rewatch this with her. Uh, I do think it was, I like the slow burn. I will say spending 10 minutes in Iraq walking around as a slow burn was maybe a little bit too long. They could have probably cut that to around five or six because there were like a lot of needless bits of that scene. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the movie, how they built up towards... I also like how they didn't like immediately like have a switch that got flipped. Like you kind of get an inkling that something's going on with Reagan as like... um like her mom, like saying, just take your pills. It's just like do the doctor says it's just nerves. But like there isn't a scene that like establishes like, you know, when like the pin gets dropped, when something is like going wrong, like they do in movies nowadays. You always have that, um, that there's a word, there's like a phrase I'm looking for when something like switches, like when it, when it happens, you know. When shit hits the fan. Yeah, when shit hits the fan. But like the, nowadays with, um, you know, especially horror movies, like, they have, like, a, a whole, like, dedicated, I guess, like, scene, half scene of, like, seeing the thing that causes the shit to hit the fan. Like, we see them fucking with the Ouija board. We see... That's why I thought them unearthing shit in Iraq was, um, was, the, was the thing. The thing that caused it. And it wasn't. It was just she found an Ouija board in a closet off scene before the movie started and has been using it. And then we don't even, we don't even get to see, you know, her slowly like mentally losing it, becoming like possessed and stuff like that. That's, that's very much off scene until it becomes like visibly she's changing and like flailing around and screaming. I really liked that. I thought that was uh, very, very good writing. I was a huge fan of that. I, I don't like it whenever um, movies, I don't like when movies think you're stupid and that you can't <laughs> infer on your own personally. So I like that wasn't what was going on. I think in a lot of movies nowadays, um, they, they think the audience needs more help than the audience probably does in order to understand. Like we don't need endless amounts of exposition. Like we can figure it out. If you can't figure it out, you're probably not old enough to be watching this movie, <laughs> to be fair. But I really liked how slow the burn was. Yeah, as far as like audiences, I'm probably not gonna, yeah, I'm gonna include this. There are audiences who are dumb, unfortunately. Oh. People don't know what a plot hole is, essentially. I, was, I had a discussion with this one dude years ago uh around the time batman versus superman came out which i mm -hmm. i'm gonna say this i'm gonna uh, this is gonna be a controversial but very brave statement right here controversial but brave here we go i love batman versus superman dawn of justice i'm exiting okay. the call <laughs> <laughs> 
I really like that movie. And I don't think it should have received all the hate that it got. It, there, it is a flawed movie. I will say that. But I really like it. I don't think it deserves all the hate. I was having a discussion with this dude. He said Batman changes from like the robot suit to like uh, his normal suit in the span of like two seconds. Like when they change scenes. That's a plot hole. That's a plot hole right there. I'm like, I'm speaking to an idiot right here. Because they don't need to show you that he changed. They just shows. That's not a plot hole. A plot is when like something happens in a story that doesn't make sense for the story in the film. Exactly. Not changing clothes in between scenes. Well, if you don't watch them change, how do you know they've changed? <laughs> is it the same person? Like, are we is in another world? Is this the same world? person? <laughs> There's no object permeance doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Well, what about you? What about me? Did how, Yeah, did you like it? Like, what, what, what were your final thoughts? I really liked it. I think I should have seen it a lot sooner, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there are movies I've discussed on the film, I mean, on the podcast, where I think it was the right time for me to watch it, like, last year or this year. Mm-hmm. This one, I think I could have benefited from watching a little sooner, maybe, like, a few years ago. Yeah, I agree. Because it's not, like, that scary. They they've done, they have a great PR team on their, on their side because, like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, it's not that scary. The only, I think the reason why it was scary, I'm not sure if I mentioned it in the recording. I, I think I told you before. Mm-hmm. It's not scary in the traditional sense of, like, horror movies now where they show you the monster or whatever. It's scary in the sense that, like, all the things they do to try to help Reagan aren't working. Mm-hmm. Modern science isn't helping her. They have to resort to, like, religion mm-hmm. and all that. And I was just thinking of um, Dracula, like the book um, Dracula, because um, Bram Stoker, when he wrote that movie, I mean, wrote <laughs> wrote the book. He was a huge fan of like new technology, and he used it all mm-hmm. throughout the book. And in the book, technology drives away the supernatural. Okay. And it's like a very different parallel with this movie. They need to go back to supernatural methods to uh, to ward out the supernatural. So we've reached the end of our discussion. Tabitha, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was a fun conversation. Very fun conversation. Before we leave, I want to ask you, was mm-hmm. the movie a hit or a miss with you? I'm going to say hit. I, I'm usually pretty hypercritical when it comes to movies because, like I said earlier, like it's an investment of my time. I didn't mind spending two hours on that. I, I agree. I kind of wish I would have seen it a little bit earlier. I feel like when I watched uh, Seven with my friend for the first time, because I also had never seen Seven before, I didn't like that I watched Seven. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could have gone on and never watched Seven. Um, I thought it was interesting, but like I, I didn't, I didn't need that. It was missed for me. But I think this was a hit, mostly because like I like the slow burn. It wasn't like super in your face like bombastic like dramatic like sound spikes everywhere like whip sounds when people like turn their heads like i liked that it was kind of more subdued and it definitely i I can see audiences being afraid of this movie like when it came out back in the day i can see people still being afraid of it now especially like people that don't like demon movies it's another thing i'm fine with them like supernatural movies demon movies sci-fi i love those i don't like um hostile I don't like those kind of movies or like slashers just in general. Right. Um, but this was great. I actually really did enjoy it. I will say I really liked it for, much for the same reasons you said because it's more subdued. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was definitely a hit for me as well. Because like, I'm not sure if you know, but like I'm a filmmaker. I know a little bit. Yeah. We, we've only been mutuals for like six years now. <laughs> <laughs> I've done some stuff like a couple of my short films got entered into international film festivals when I was a student. Oh, nice. So like a lot of, a lot of the stuff I did 
was very subdued as well. So like, I, I don't really want to use like special effects. I want to use like traditional filmmaking. And this is the type of film that I'm trying to emulate, if you know what I mean. Oh, I'm a huge fan of practical effects. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I'll watch this again. And I also watched The French Connection, which is the other movie that the director made for um, study. And another great movie that I used for like the inspiration for one of my other films was Point Break with Keanu Reeves. Still haven't seen that. And Patrick Swayze. Mm-hmm. I know about Point Break. I know it exists. <laughs> it's a very fun movie uh, because Keanu Reeves, especially says this towards the end, like, I can't rob a bank. I am an FBI agent. <laughs> and Patrick Swayze says, I know, man, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you should definitely watch that when you get the chance or if you want to, because I know you don't really. I'll add it to my very long list. I've still never seen any of the John Wicks either. That usually gets rocks thrown at me whenever Ooh, I say that. Okay. I was an OG fan of that movie. I know he kills several men with a pencil. I know. I know about the pencil. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't understand, like, what was the motivation? Like, why would you kill a bunch of people for a dog? I mean, I got a dog. And then you got a dog. Yeah. I get it now. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. But I get it. <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> For legal reasons, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, this is all comedy, okay? <laughs> so just just for you, let you know. Uh, allegedly, allegedly, in my opinion, allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> I get it. Allegedly, I get it. Legally, I wouldn't do it. Allegedly, I get it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, Tabitha, where can our listeners find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash SailorTabbyCat. It's phonetic, but S-A-I-L-O-R-T-A-B-B-Y-C-A-T. So, like, Sailor Moon and uh, my nickname, TabbyCat. Same thing on Twitter, twitter.corn uh, slash SailorTabbyCat. <laughs> I also have an Instagram. I never really use it anymore, but it exists. I'm, I'm Sailor Tabby Cat pretty much anywhere, but I do stream. I stream on uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, and I uh, do a little bit of like just chatting, just like now, but mostly I uh, play video games poorly, but I play them. <laughs> I will say, guys, I've do I've watched a few of her streams, and she's very fun to watch. Aww. The just chatting part is like I like the most, and whenever you play, um, what's it called, Yakuza, that's fun to watch. Yakuza. <laughs> Another way you can find me on Twitter is if you type in the word Mrs. Majima, <laughs> you'll all come up. All right, that's the episode, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, cross off a new film from your list. Thank you for listening to the Hitlist Podcast. If you like this episode, please consider giving us five stars and leaving a review. It really does help. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Hitlist Podcast and Instagram at the underscore hitlist underscore podcast. And that's it. And that's it. How'd I Thank do? You. This is my first podcast. You did great. You did great. Yay.